Recently, my wife and I were out on a Sunday drive and uh, Sunday morning, and um, uh, we drove by one of our local mega churches. And the parking uh, was lot was filling up, and the entry into the parking area was backed up for two blocks back out onto the main highway. And the parking lot itself was being directed by off-duty sheriff deputies and. And I've been I've been part of those kind of churches. I I I've, I understand what's happening there. It's it's a big event, and uh, who doesn't want to be part of a big event? But it struck me as I as we drove by that <clears throat> Christianity is the faith of the few following a narrow path. But you wouldn't know that. To look at American Christianity now, is there anything wrong with attending a mega church? No, I don't think so. Not not uh, in general. Uh, were those people in those cars uh, truly Christians? Most likely, most of them at least. Uh, so you know, people do what they want to do, uh, and that's between them and the Lord. I was just struck by the the bigness and the production of American Christianity. Uh, the bigger, the better, the more you feel that you are a really blessed church. The more uh, popular and even celebrity that your pastor or pastors are, uh, the more it feels like you're really in the happening place. God is really present there. But let me repeat, Christianity is the faith of the few following a narrow path. In America, it is now the faith of the many who enter through a wide gate and follow a broad path. And evangelicalism in the last 40 years has worked very hard to build that wide gate. They've worked very hard, overtime even, to create a broad path. The problem is, the Bible teaches, uh, indeed Jesus teaches, that that path ends in destruction. There's over 660 million evangelicals in the world, according to one report. 90 to 100 million evangelicals in the United States. And the number of professed Christians within every tradition and denomination is in the billions. Now, those are just numbers. I understand that. But I've been a Christian now for 45 years. And the more I long to be like Jesus, the more I want to follow in his footsteps and truly experience and display his character within all of my uh, comings and goings and within all of my interpersonal relationships. The, the, uh, there's a certain grief that comes with that because that isn't the common purpose of the average Christian. And we can talk a lot about what is the common purpose of a lot of Christians. I mean, there there are churches that are filled with selfish ambition and people trying to push themselves forward, or there's people who come just for the social benefit. That's better than being home, uh, and they and they endure the, the music, they endure even the preaching. But 
they get they they're part of a group or two or three and and they've made good friends there and they get together outside the church and and so it's it's almost more of a social gathering but if you were to ask most christians at least in america what is god's paramount purpose in your life it is not likely that they would answer that he conform you into the image of his son. We could speculate again on how how many answers we get and what those answers might be. It'd be an interesting question to do a survey about. What is God's primary purpose in your life? But it would probably not be what Romans eight twenty six through thirty teaches is that purpose to conform the church into the image of his son in thought, word, and deed. Most Christians believe that God sent his son into the world in order to populate heaven with a bunch of saved individuals. But the Bible teaches clearly that he sent his son into the world to save his people from sin and then to create a people for his own glory that would manifest his character, his holiness in their relationships with each other. So Christianity, let me emphasize again, is the faith of the few following that narrow path. What is that narrow path? What I just said. Bringing your character, your thinking, your emotions, your actions, your conduct into line with that of the life of Christ within you. 1 John 2, 6 tells us that if we say that we are in him, we ought to walk or live as he walks. We It is the primary purpose of a disciple to become like his master. Let me read you Matthew 7, a few passages here. Matthew seven thirteen says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly, inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. In other words, they're not hard to tell. If, if we're really awake and we're looking, and we're if we're trusting the, the spirit within us to give us discernment, we can tell who's a Christian, who's not. And we can certainly tell who's a false prophet and who's a genuine uh, man or woman of God. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. And a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. He didn't say by their doctrinal statement or by them preaching a good sermon, but by their fruit, 
what the fruit of what the fruit of the character by their character what does her life produce are they somebody that you want to imitate as paul called his uh, readers to do is your pastor someone you'd want to imitate in his spirituality and his growth in christ i hope so it's not likely he is Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, Jesus says in verse 21, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. And here we get that word again. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. So let me ask you, which path are you on? Are you aware of that? Is that an important consideration for you today? I hope so. Which path are you on? Are you on the broad path? Did you go through a wide gate to get there? Do you find comfort and assurance in the fact that you're among the many? You shouldn't. Repeatedly, the New Testament characterizes and categorizes the many as those who don't make it, who end up in destruction. Those who hear plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Or are you among the few? Are you comfortable being among the few? It's uh, It was uncomfortable. You know, we're not without fellowship. We have a, a group of people with whom we fellowship. We're arranging to gather more regularly. But I'd rather be amongst a handful of people who are, in fact, following the narrow path, walking through the, the small gate, and whose lives are displaying the character of Christ. The life of Christ is being worked out in their lives very genuinely, authentically. Then to be among the many, in the big, in the successful, in the proud, and end up in destruction. So it's just a something I wanted to ask you today. Which path are you on? And how do you know? You know whether or not you're becoming more like Jesus. That's how you know. Is your heart and your mind, your thoughts, your conduct being purified? Can you experience, Do can you see and experience the Holy Spirit through the scriptures working in you, working on you to conform you into his image? Do you long to do the will of the Father? Do you long to see the church thrive and be God's holy people in truth and in deed? Those are all the signals that the life of Christ is being worked out in you. But if it's just about getting to a big church so you can be part of the big happening, 
and you can get involved in the programs and the fun and games for all the kids. And in your daily conduct, you're falling something way short. <laughs> and you know it if you are. And this is a good thing to listen to again. You might want to rewind this little exhortation. Listen to it again. Remember, Christianity is the faith of the few following the narrow path. And just because it's big in the United States doesn't mean that it's good. Just because it has a celebrity pastor doesn't mean that it has God's blessing. Let me close this brief time together with one more reading from John, 1 John chapter 3. I'll actually keep the context by reading uh, 1 John 2.29 first. He says, If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. There's the goal. There's the end game. And then finally, all who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. Well, I hope you take this to heart. I hope you meditate on it, consider it, read the text that I've shared with you today a few times, and, and be certain. Be certain that you're on the narrow path and you've entered through the small gate. And don't be upset if your fellowship, your numbers of fellowship uh, are, are small. Jesus told his disciples at one point in Luke, Fear not, little flock. It's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen.